Hey, Texas Values friends. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines on a special Thanksgiving edition. And depending on when you're listening to it, you may be preparing for Thanksgiving. You may be uh, resting up from it. But look, it's a great week to be thankful. You know, look, if you're a Texan, well, you got a lot to be thankful for. And, and so, look, your, your circumstances may be one or the other. Who knows if you're up or down, if you will. But just because you're in Texas, right? You got a lot to be thankful for. And that's, I mean, look, that's just me. If you listen to the show before, whether online or on the radio, you know that this show is about faith, family, and freedom. And it's about Texas. It's for Texas. That's one of the things that's great about the work we do it for our nonprofit organization, Texas Values, is that we focus on the state of Texas. Look, I mean, it's obvious that the importance of our state, there are other states that are boycotting our state. You know, they're trying to, and you may hear my voice turn away for a minute because I need to introduce my co-host today. Nicole Hudgens is with us in studio, policy analyst for Texas Values. How's it going, Nicole? It's going well. I'm excited. Thanksgiving's coming up. It's one of my favorite holidays. I get to see my niece and I'm, I think, I think I'm going to do the turkey trot. The turkey trot. What does the that mean? Tr- that is a, a turkey trot. It's a 5K race. Okay. That you do on Thanksgiving Day so you don't feel guilty for all the turkey and pie that you eat after you run the race. So you do it before the race. You do it before the race. Okay. And what does that mean that you trot? Is that just kind of alliteration? I think it's just fancy alliteration right. for okay. making you run. So you miles. can go whatever speed you want. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm just having some fun with you. I ran a turkey trot last year. Did you know that, Nicole? Did you? I did. And I, yeah, I, I did a little more than trot. I Man, I tell you what. The last, like, maybe 200, 300 yards, I just turned it into the an overdrive, into a higher gear. I sprinted, like, the last 300 yards. Was, it was, was amazing. Chariots, was Chariots of Fire playing in your head as you were crossing the finish no, line? And did you no. put your arms up? No, 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 no. No, Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive <laughs> was playing. Okay? And I was running from... You know the the extreme left, right? They were they were behind me. They were like, "We're coming for you," and I'm like, "I'm gonna get there." No, so we're having a little fun though. There's a lot of important issues to talk about though. I mean, a lot's happened over the last couple of weeks on the work that we we do. We do have a lot to be thankful for, and I just want to say too, and I've touched on this a little bit in the past couple of months on the show. We're celebrating five years this year, Nicole. Five years of Texas Values being in existence. We're no longer, um, you know, crawling. We're no longer in the terrible twos. Um, we're, we're like in kindergarten going to school, right? We're out the door. We are independent. Five years under our belt, and it's something we're very excited about. And so, you know, that is why, if you're watching us online, I'm holding up a nice graphic. We have our annual gala coming up in Houston, where we're going to be celebrating five years. December 7th, the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala Fox News host Todd Starnes will be our keynote speaker. Senator Lois Colcourse is going to be one of our featured speakers. The Attorney General, Ken Paxton, who is coming, he's going to speak at our gala. Rafael Cruz, the um, father of Senator Ted Cruz, and a whole host of elected officials and difference makers and just some special people are going to be there. So I'm excited about getting to celebrate five years. I'm I'm excited, too. It's going to be in Houston um, I'm excited to be there and, and see our friends in Houston. 
so many have gone through so much with what happened right. with Hurricane Harvey. So I, I think you're going to see a little bit of that mentioned um, during the gala. I won't give away what's going to happen, but I'm I'm just so thankful to see how Texans and really people all over the nation and even all over the world came to help people yes. with the Harvey relief. It's still needed. There's still um, recovery I, efforts that need to be made. Actually, I was, right. I was in Israel, Jonathan. Did you know people from Israel came all the way to Texas to help with Harvey relief? Some wow. first responders from Israel came. But, I, you know, I, I love the fact that we get to highlight what's happened in Houston and how Texans have come together to help rebuild that city. Well, look, I mean, you know, there's something special about the state of Texas. There's something special about America. But, you know, you know, the, and, and you've heard a lot if you've been around or seen Houston, the Houston strong. Right. We saw some of that through the World Series. If you're a baseball fan, we saw that talked about. And, you know, it's not just a hashtag and a slogan. I mean, there's a lot behind that. You think about the mentality and what it takes to overcome some of those things. It's a rally cry. Right. That we will not be defeated by this. We will not let this keep us down and is an expression of strength. And it really carried over into the baseball onto the baseball diamond, if you will. And uh, and I'm not going to give it away, but there is a very special item that just may or may not be up for auction at our event at the gala. That's all about Houston. That's all about being strong and that may or may not have something to do with a very particular MVP from the Houston area. Uh-oh. So I'm excited. And it came in the mail the other day. And I just, you know, oh, uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll leave that a little bit to the imagination. <laughs> but let me repeat again, December 7th, our annual gala, Texas Values Gala. We still got some tickets left. December 7th, Hilton Post Oak in the Houston area. Uh, make the drive from wherever you are. It's going to be worth it. And, you know, but you're right, Nicole, um, that, you know, a lot for people to be thankful for, to be thinking about, but to overcome. And it's exciting. I mean, you know, we're fortunate that people from all of the country that are charitable came into Texas. They came to the Houston area, Corpus Christi, Rockport, other areas to offer their time and relief. A majority of those efforts were faith based. We know that. Mm-hmm. And so we, we saw some talk about that where you had religious liberty being challenged for churches and others where FEMA was not treating them the right way. So, so it's almost some additional hurdles. But for a lot of people, boy, they, they didn't really ask a lot of questions. They just went right into the area to do whatever they could. Things look a lot different in Houston, but there is still some work to do. And that's no different than the issues we work on. You know, we're, we're beyond the legislative session now. And while a good number of things happened that were successful, a lot was left undone, still a lot of work to do on the issues we care about, challenges, the attacks on our Texas values, our values of religious freedom, family, uh, pro-life, th- those things we still continue to see challenge. We're going to talk a lot about that at our gala and what we think the next steps are moving forward. We're at five years. We need to get ready for the next five years. Right. And even the next 10 years, you know, That's I right. say it all the time. Texas is the stronghold for family values in the nation. When we advance, when we advance the line, then the rest of the nation will follow suit. So what I'm excited about is you know, we're able to look and see the victories that have happened and even the lessons learned over the past five years and then project what's going to happen in the in the next 10. Well, and now I can see myself 
Um, cause we're doing a Facebook live session with this radio broadcast also. So I can see myself with a few second delay. So it reminds me if you want to comment, if you're watching us on Facebook, you want to comment on what you're thankful for. We would love to hear that. You know, I feel very fortunate, you know, I'm a father. I have three children. They're off this week. They're excited about the time and, uh, they're going to see, you know, family and, and cousins and all that good stuff. And so and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the role that they play in my life, the role that I play in their life, so on. And just, you know, I, I mean, to have the ability to impact someone else's life and to see uh, my children um, growing and learning and asking questions and exploring. I don't know if I talked about this on one of the recent shows. My son, who I'm going to try to get him on the show maybe later this year, he ran for office. OK, I have. Well. I've never run for public office. Maybe I ran for student council. I don't remember. So he's in sixth grade, and he ran for student council. I still have the little sticker here. I can take it off. I probably can't without messing it up. But anyway, um, it is – yeah, see, I'm going to mess it up. So um, he's in sixth grade. So his little alliteration and slogan was signs for sixth, for sixth grade represented, and he did win. So I might have had a little something to do with that. I just gave him some suggestions. I didn't. I didn't run every aspect of the campaign. I gave some, but um, but I'm thankful for that. So comment on the Facebook page what you're thankful for. We just may mention it here on the show live and give you a little bit of feedback on that. And so, but you know what I'm thankful for too. And we got to mention this. All right, I got my little props here. The Merry Christmas Project. I am thankful for. Yes, it's Thanksgiving week, and we're talking about Christmas. Why? Because every year. Somebody decides to re-engage, to restart the war on Christmas. We have what's called the Merry Christmas Texas Project. See if I can see myself simultaneously. Where we protect Christmas in public schools here in Texas. And it's based on a law that we helped draft and pass uh, in 2013 that makes it clear you can talk about and discuss Christmas in public schools. Well, last year, we had an incident come up where a woman who was a public school employee, a clinic aide, a nurse's aide, was told that she couldn't talk about Christmas in public schools. And I've noticed I need to get a little bit closer to you, Nicole, now that I'm looking at the shot. Okay. But um, so she was told she she was told she was allowed to put up Christmas poster and decorations, but um, she did. Hers was Charlie Brown's Christmas, and it had a reference to a quote from the movie that Linus says that goes deals with the history of Christmas. Um, and there's some suggestion that it's from the book of Luke and that it had a religious connection. It mentioned the word Christ. All of a sudden, they told her to take it down with really no notice, okay? Todd Starnes, who was the keynote speaker for our December 7th gala in Houston, broke the story. We were like, whoa, this is in Texas. This woman needs a lawyer, okay? <laughs> so the next thing we know, we're representing her, and we're going to court like a day before school let out, go to court make our case after we gave the school district plenty of opportunities and made our case in court and won, okay? The judge ruled that this Charlie Brown Christmas poster that referenced the word Christ had to be put back up. It was an incredible victory. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because it was about a year ago. And so we know it's likely that people are wondering, how do these issues work in public school? You know, once you get beyond Thanksgiving and you start trying to get ready for Christmas and decorate your classroom and and, and plan the party, go to MerryChristmasTexas.com. You remember that case, Nicole. You made a few trips out I, to Colleen with us. I did. I did. I, I remember going into the courtroom. That was actually one of my first times in a courtroom and, and hearing a case like that argued in person. You know, I've studied some of these cases 
certainly being in public policy, you pay attention, but actually being in the courtroom when that happens, that was pretty exciting. Um, actually, the only other court case I'd been in on an issue like that, even close to a public policy issue, was at the Supreme Court on the Doma and Prop 8 cases. Ah, uh, yes. But going in on a religious liberty case and seeing the judge walk in, seeing the case being argued, and yep. then hearing the victory and being able to tell other Texans, hey, if you stand up for your religious freedom, then it can impact not only you and, and your community, but an entire state. That's exactly you know? right. And really, with Todd Starnes talking about it, the entire nation was aware of what was happening. Yep. So we definitely encourage you to go to MerryChristmasTexas.com. Uh, That's going to be an Im- important resource for you, especially with the Christmas holidays coming up. Um, and, I mean, it's okay to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's okay to celebrate Christmas in Texas. I mean, right? It's okay to say Merry Christmas. I remember that was one of our kind of first first slogans when we first launched this project back in 2013. We're talking about the Merry Christmas Texas Project. You can go to MerryChristmasTexas.com to find out what your rights are in public schools on these issues. But, you know, these cases usually come out of nowhere, too. There was a case with Anderson High School in the Austin area. There was uh, a case up in Frisco. Remember a couple years ago, Frisco said you couldn't have red and green plates at the party. I mean, come on. You know, um, and so, but we see these issues come up. So we want you to be prepared. We want people to be prepared because, you know, unfortunately, sometimes people find out and it's too late. I mean, we've had a few of those calls where people are like, oh, you know, we've already had our party. We didn't know what to do. Maybe next year. And so uh, we want you to be equipped. MerryChristmasTexas.com. So the other prop that I have is the Texas Values Action Scorecard. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, The legislative session, we had two, essentially. We had a regular session. We had a special session. Mm -hmm. And move this mic in front of me a little bit more. And so it was a lot to score. I mean, you would have thought. I mean, it was a lot of the things that we cared about. Never actually had a vote, an official vote. So we scored things based on if people signed on to bills and things, so on. But a lot of people want to know, right? How did my House and Senate member do? You know, um, and so if you want to know how they scored on the issues of faith, family, and freedom, you can check out the Faith and Family Scorecard. It's at txvaluesaction.org is the website to find that scorecard on faith and family issues. You know, we also run an organization, Texas Values Action, where you can find this information about candidates and about um, elected officials. And so, you know, look, I mean, we, you, we've got people that scored 100 percent and we've got some people that scored zero. I mean, just think if you're one of those people, if the person that represents you on faith and family issues got a zero, okay? That's not very good. And just, just to good. look at some contrast, so um, so who was the top scoring uh, House member uh, in the Texas House who got 100%? There were several that got 100%. Mm-hmm. Matt Schaefer, Matt Krause, Ron Simmons, Cole Huff- Hefner, Matt Rinaldi, Briscoe Kane, Bill Zedler, Greg Bonin, Jonathan Stickland, Valerie Swanson. And then we get into the 90s with a few other folks. Let's go down to the middle of the list. And so looking at the, I think one of the lowest scoring Republicans, because a lot of the faith and family uh, higher scores are Republicans for whatever reason. That's just, you know, how these issues fall. So um, the lowest scoring Republican was Jason Vialba, who is from the Dallas area. He scored a 48%. And I'm sorry, no. No, there's one more. Yeah, Sarah Davis was the lowest scoring Republican. Am I right? With 3%. Mm -hmm. 3%. A Republican got 3%. That's going to get some attention. So Jason Vialba, who you remember, we testified in some hearings, Nicole, 
where he directly challenged you and I, if you will, and you know made it clear. I don't know if he made it clear how he was going to vote, but certainly made it clear when it came to the issues of gender identity and sexual orientations and laws that would have allowed men into women's bathrooms, would have allowed men that say that they're women access to women's shelters, where a lot of times women feel even more vulnerable. And one of the proposed bills would have put criminal penalties in place. If you were a Catholic church and you run a convent and say only women can live here, you could be put in jail based on that proposed law, that proposed bill that Jason Villalba supported and some other Democrats. Uh, That bill moved forward. It didn't end up passing. You remember that some of those exchanges we had with him? I did. I remember some of those exchanges. And then so you testified on that bill. And I don't know if it was a day, a few days later, they had another bill that would have put sexual orientation, gender identity protections in the entire labor code. So you could have an owner of a business who says, we're going to have bathrooms. If you're a man, you go in the man's bathroom, woman, woman's bathroom. You know, some some places might have a gym for employees, things Mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, But according to this legislation, it would have forced those business owners to put their employees in a situation that they may not have wanted. You know, there's a business owner who's gotten uh, female employees who say, hey, we don't want men in our women's restrooms. Pretty common sense. request. (laughs) And so that that legislation, though, would have punished those business owners. It would have infringed on um, some religious liberty concerns. You know, you see cases all over all over uh, the nation on this issue. Right now, there's a case at the Supreme Court, the Jax Phillips case that has to do um, with him being forced to bake uh, for a same sex wedding. So you you had a bill like that presented in Texas that would have violated not only the free markets, letting businesses sure. decide on their own how they want to handle these issues, but would have certainly infringed on some religious liberty concerns of many business owners across the state. So, Yeah, I thought they wanted the government out of people's business, right? The folks that are on the left, the, the LGBT groups or whatever, you know, keep the government out of our bedroom. Then why do they want the government in people's businesses? You know, and so and that's what the and look, I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, flippant or ugly about it. But that's I mean, that is the position they're arguing. We hear so so many times they're saying, you know, we don't want the government in our bathrooms. Well, first of all, we're not talking about your bathrooms. We're talking about the government's bathrooms. The government has every right to regulate who does and does not come in to the bathroom that they're responsible for uh, providing safety for. So if they say that the way that they're going to handle this is based on biology, men go into men's restrooms, women go into women's restrooms and so on. That's their property. No one's telling anyone that's in the private business or in their own private home what to do in whatever bathroom they have. Right. And that's important. But yet they wanted legislation that would have. It would have forced businesses. And And, and I'm going to stop us for just a second and have Nicole move a little bit closer to me just to get a better shot, because there's some obstruction we have here with some of the equipment. And I think um, our communications director, Andy Hoag, is going to back up the camera just a little bit if he can. We'll give you a better shot if you are paying attention online. Um, And so sometimes that's easier for people to follow what we're saying when they can see. And actually, I think you're good right where you are. Actually, if you're we can kind of see you through that mic. (laughs) <laughs> so, or you can tilt your you can come this way towards me a little bit but um but look and so it's important for people though that are following these issues to understand who's really asking the government to get involved in these situations and so and i think now we're we're turned sideways when the shots are sideways we'll get it figured out we will. it's a work in progress here but you know i mean who's really asking the government to be involved in people's own personal decisions right 
And so, and that's what you were alluding to with this court case of Jack Phillips, this cake baker that's going to the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. You have a cake baker who serves everyone is in his community, um, but was approached to and requested to do a same-sex wedding cake. And because of his sincerely held religious convictions, he politely declined. And as an artist, I think it's important to, that people understand this. As an artist, you know, when he's doing something, uh, as an artist, he's promoting that. Um, it's it's not just, a, you know, baking just a cake. He realizes he's partaking in um, a ceremony uh, and endorsing something. Well, something that many people consider sacred. Very sacred. You know, and so... so so now, you know, I thought some someone brought up this great point. You know, when when President Trump came in, came into office, there were some fashion designers that said, hey, we don't want to do clothing for Melania Trump. We're just not supportive of, of the president and his agenda. And you know what? Those fashion designers had every right to say, no, we don't want to be involved in this. What's the difference between a cake baker who says, hey, I'll serve everybody, but I don't want to be um, – to be a part of a ceremony that violates my sincerely held religious beliefs. It's the same thing. So I think this is going to be a very important case for people to watch. Uh, this, you know, we've seen Jack Phillips, but there have been other cases like this, the Kleins in Oregon who lost everything simply because they they declined to participate in a ceremony that violated their religious convictions. You, you've got others, florists, who lost um I believe it was the Washington Supreme Court lost her case as a florist. So this is going to be a court case that the entire nation is going to be watching. Well, look, and, you know, I mean, here, first of all, we have to step back and and look at who is pushing the issue here, who the aggressor is, who's asking the government to get involved. So the cake baker case, Jack Phillips from Colorado, is based on a government policy. So you have individuals who are using this government policy, this non-discrimination ordinance, if you will, they're using that to use the government power to punish these individual private business owners on this specific issue. You know, we saw Hobby Lobby have to deal with this on the um, on Obamacare. They won their case um, dealing with some of these uh, health-related issues and their religious beliefs. And so now we see it coming up again. And we've told people about this. I mean, we've talked about this, how when you allow these laws and these new policies where they add sexual orientation and gender identity um, to their policies regarding um, non-discrimination, they're going to use those against people of faith based on people's view that marriage is between one man and one woman. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and you know, I'm not surprised that it's happening. It's unfortunate that it's happening. We don't agree with it. It shouldn't be happening. But I'm not surprised. We predicted this would happen. And people said, oh, that's not where this is going. You know, people just want to have the right and the freedom to marry who they want to marry. Love is love. You know, what love is there in putting somebody like Jack Phillips out of business? What love is there in putting um, the woman from Kentucky, the county clerk, Kim Davis in jail. I mean, is it loving to put her behind uh, bars just because she disagrees with your view of marriage when somebody else could perform the uh, or could sign the marriage license? And so uh, so I think we're going to see more. I mean, this December 5th is next week where we're going to see this. uh, Actually, I think it's two weeks away, excuse me, where we're going to see the oral arguments at the U.S. Supreme Court on this Cake Baker case. And so but that's why we score these issues on our scorecard. We know if these laws are changed at the state level, they're going to try to come after people of faith. Um, They'll probably try to come after our group and others, and they'll try to, 
you know, promote this view that somehow you shouldn't be in office and your views are out of step. I mean, they tried to do that in San Antonio until that ordinance got changed. So if you haven't checked out, where did your state house member fall on this issue? I mean, I know we're broadcasting um, who, you know, all over the place, if you will, online. But I know our broadcast, as far as radio, you've got people like Tony Dale, Paul Workman, who are in the local area. Um, also, um, you've got uh, different Republicans, excuse me, Democrats that are part of the greater Austin area that are on our list as well. And um, and I'm looking through the list just to refresh my memory of some of them. But if you go to txvaluesaction.org, you can see that and find out where your House member, your Senate member, the Senate member is Donna Campbell for the Central Texas area. She was a faith and family champion. Um, also, um, you've got Kirk Watson. Uh, Donna Campbell scored a 98. Kirk Watson scored an 8%. Um, the lower the score, that means you're less supportive of faith and family issues. So we're about to run out of time. Let me see if I made it through all of my props. Man, 26 minutes can go by quickly. It goes by really fast. Oh, my goodness. So I'm thankful for Nicole. I'm thankful for the broadcast team in here, Gavin, Andy Hogue from our staff. We've All right, this is what I was trying to remember to mention. I try to do the math, okay? Two and a half years, two years, seven months, we've been doing this show. That's uh, over 120 episodes. Wow. Yeah. Over 120 episodes that the Texas Values Report has been going on. So we're trying to find different ways to get the message out to more people. But the way that you can support our work is to go to txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation if you're thankful for the work that we do for Faith, Family, and Freedom. Or you can come to our gala on December 7th and make a donation in person and buy a ticket on December 7th in Houston, txvalues.org. And while, while you're mentioning that, I, yes, ma'am. I'll remind everyone, next week, next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, not today, this coming Tuesday, is Giving Tuesday. So everyone's giving to different nonprofits. If you yes. want to give to txvalues.org, you can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website. We'll have information for you there on Giving Tuesday. So I'm about to run out of time, but I said I would mention some people in the comment sections. Deidre Shannon, our client. What? The Charlie Brown Christmas poster woman. Uh, Hi, Deidre. Commented, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Deidre Shannon. Also, a college buddy of mine, Xavier Alfaro, has commented uh, from wherever he is in the Houston area. And who else is on there? Uh, I don't think I'm seeing all the comments. But thank you for commenting. Uh, Betty Williams says she just tuned in from Mississippi. It looks like it. I think that's Mississippi. Wonderful. That's exciting. So, We're about to run out of time on the Texas Values Report. Hope you're having or have had, wherever you are in the spectrum of when you're hearing this, a wonderful Thanksgiving, and God bless Texas. That's something to be thankful for. We will see you next time, hear you next time. You'll hear me next time, maybe Nicole too, on the Texas Values Report.